Hey, 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 welcome back to the Terry Summers podcast. Sit in with us today as me and my very first best friend, my brother, talk about each other like nobody else can and learn about Arizona real estate from one of Arizona's best. I was four when he was born, Mark William Summers. I remember my grandmother taking me in her car to the hospital and looking at my mom holding him up to the window, just really being curious about who was going to come home. What addition had been made to the family? And, uh, boy, I... I adored him from the get-go. So curious about him. And nothing has really changed. I still adore him. And I'm still curious about him. He has been a confidant of mine over the years. And a comfort through loss and difficult times. He's someone that I still go to to bounce stuff off of. He makes me laugh. As I think about myself, I think it's fair to make a statement that to know me is to know my brother. He and I have been that tight. So I am just thrilled to get to introduce to you my little brother, Mark Summers. Okay. Hi, brother. Are you there? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. All right, people, this is my brother, Mark, and I'm about as transparent as mostly anyone I know, and I just had a little conversation with him getting into the, before I pressed record, and I started crying. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm crying again, and the reason I am is because I love my brother so much. I am so blessed to have my brother. He's my little brother. Um, he's not little though. He got all the height from somewhere in our gene pool. How tall are you, Mark? This is Mark Summers, by the way. I know yeah. I I did introduce you beforehand um, in a recording, Mark. But um, so that comes before. And for those of you who haven't figured it out yet, I use Zoom, and um, Zoom allows you to see each other. I don't really. I'm not really doing video right now, but it it. Uh, has been a means that podcasters have been using even before the COVID social distancing thing. Um, So it will sound different and does sound different than the recording that I make as an intro and, and what you'll hear leaving out of this. But so I uh, have lots of run on sentences. I think I asked you a question, but I haven't leaved room for you to answer yet. That's how it's going to be on this podcast. I just want you to understand people. And I'm going to talk talk over you too. Okay. I'll probably but talk how to you. you I'll make sure that you understand that. <laughs> <laughs> how tall are you? I'm 6'3. But you talk about me being um, a little bit bigger than when, you know, as we were growing up. But I've, uh, I've always, I don't, wanna, I don't want to get emotional here, but I've always looked up to my big sister. I've always just kind of viewed you as that protector. Um, you know, and I'm looking away in the Zoom because I don't want, I see, I see you, but I just, I want to make sure that um, we don't get too emotional here. And if oh, you're, are you, stop. Wait, are you here? Are you hearing the 
Luke fly over? Yeah, bro my brother. I call brother my brother brother all the time, and we have a language too that I uh, that I hinted to before we started. Um, so I hope I don't launch into that language through the whole time. But you'll you might get yeah. a little bit of it. I well. call him Bwetamok. Bwetamok, mm -hmm. and there's a spelling. There's you know we've had a language for a while, or at least a dialect, I guess. Right. Um, right. But. Uh, I want to make sure that we hear you well. And sometimes when you're there, that position is good. Um, so anyway, you were going to say, let me remind you where you were. You were saying you looked up to your big sister. <laughs> no, but I do. And I just, and you know this all too well, but you've always been in my corner. You've always been a supportive voice and encourager. Um, but that's just who you are. And so with this podcast, and I can see so many rallying around you and, and lifting you up. And I've seen the comments and, um, and the excitement for what you're doing. And I just, I just pray that you find great success with this platform. I mean, I, I remember Brian talking about that last week. That this platform just may be just perfect for you. Um, but especially during this time um, and what we need in our country and, and what, what people need to hear is that, that encouragement and your encouragement and your heart and your humor. And we all need that levity. Um, and so I just thank you for sharing this and, um, thank you, I'm, ex I'm excited. I'm excited to be part I'm of this today. You. I'm excited to listen weekly. And so, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, you've been, and, and we're just going to be our mutual affirmation, uh, society here, but you've been in my corner too. And I will, at some point revisit and share in detail about all the Oprah Winfrey stuff. But I just remember when um, it was a very secretive time and I only had so many people that I could bring mm. into the loop. Remember? I mean, that everybody had to sign like this ridiculous yeah. uh, amount. It wasn't a ridiculous contract, but I mean, this, I, I want to say it was like a $5 million non-disclosure agreement or something right. if I let anybody know but nonetheless you were my person once a week I got to call somebody and that was fun just to be able to, yeah there, so there was times and I vividly remember standing on a um, golf course and I was with one of my buddies and never knew kind of when you would call in but I knew it was like kind of you know once a week or so and sure enough just as we're getting ready to tee off here you were calling in and I was like oh, I've got to take this so <laughs> Because it was, it was one of those things where I never knew when you were going to call and you only had a limited amount of time. And uh, I think that was, I remember wanting to just, you know, jump for joy because you had made it to like the top three or something. And I remember, <laughs> yeah. I remember wanting to tell someone and my buddy's right there. He's like, who is that? It's like, it's my sister, but you'll find out soon enough, you know? And so it was just kind of the rest of the, yeah. I, I remember and that. You, and I know that you like coach, not coached me, but like you were asking, I couldn't. And one time I remember they they left a, an individual from um, the production in the hotel room and you got to speak out on the patio, but they left the door open. And I remember one time I was like, okay, so here's the deal, brother. Da, 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 da. Yeah, and then yeah. they, they poked their head out and said, Terry. And I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> I got in trouble for telling you a little too much, but. Um, that was fun. That was fun seeing It was, was fun. super fun. Was so anyway, we're in a different yeah. venue, but. Um, we're, would you say we're pretty close? I think we are. I don't know how other brothers and sisters resonate or whatever, and everybody's different, but I've always thought of us as pretty close. We're not, we're, we're four and a half years apart. 
Um, but other than that, what do you no. think about us being close? Yeah, and I, I, I don't even, I don't even know if I consider us. That's that's even a question that we're not close because you right. know everything. I know everything. I mean, it's just we we have those conversations, and it's just it's real. It's natural. Um, I don't. I mean, yes, we've had similar friends, but you had your own right. group of friends because of age and same. And so I don't know if we, growing up, we necessarily hung out and did a ton of things together, but we were always around each other. Always, right. we just always knew. So right. I think that's yeah. There's that comfort. There's that yeah. comfort that my sister is my friend, and so yeah. it's, it's always and, and, been. And, and always you're, been my, you're my longest standing friend because i was thinking about that no i was totally thinking about that you you say i may but you may have had younger when you were a kid you may have had some younger friends when you were four and a half five years old i don't know i can't even i mean obviously but but for me you absolutely I was really are, popular then so uh, yeah you're right i had a lot percent in your kindergarten and preschool right. i know right. um but for me you are my longest standing friend mm. you are i mean that's i mean that's that I was thinking about that the other day. That wow, she's she's the one. She's the one that's been around my entire life and has known everything about me and from day one. So even when you dropped me on my head, I was just gonna. You wanted to that's so weird that you said that. I was just gonna say this might be a good time for me to apologize for that. Yeah, I dropped you. Well, I really I liked you. You know, they kind you of set me. me up though. You, you know, me. I mean, when mom was. Uh, um, I, I, I think I can say without sounding too braggy that I was a bright uh, child. So I, I knew that this whole, you know, we're gonna, there's somebody coming, um, was kind of hyped up a little bit. I know that I even got a stuffed animal before you arrived. And I was like, okay, what's the deal here? What is the deal? <clears throat> I remember grandma, I stayed with grandma when mom went in the hospital, but um, so I had some apprehension because I knew they're working too hard. They're working yeah. too hard to prep me for this person. And, um, and you see I, it through today. You still see through all of that today. You can, I yeah. do have a gut like that, yeah. even when I was little bit. So, but oh, when you yeah. came home, I remember going and seeing you at the window of the hospital. Grandma drove me by and there was mom. And I, under the, I, I understood the concept of a brother and all of that. Um, but when you came home, I just re oh my gosh! First of all, my brother is super handsome. Now he hates to talk about himself in all kinds of ways, but he's really striking. Mm. He's striking. He's like you heard. He's six three, um, and he's dark complected. We'll talk about where that comes from. Um, the mailman. Um, totally kidding, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he was such a cute little boy, big, huge, dark brown eyes. But I really liked you. I just remember I wanted you to get to be able to see outside the window there in your bedroom. Do you remember there was a hamper? I don't know. Yeah. Well, actually, you don't. You might not remember that because you were just teeny. No, I, I, I remember. I don't know if it was a hamper or it was a toy box. I used to stand up. Oh, it was a toy box. It was yeah. a toy box. Yeah. You're right. And I picked you up to see if I could get you to stand on the lid of the toy box, which I don't think would have still been tall enough to look out the window. And I dropped you. Yeah. <laughs> on your head. And I remember mom coming in and I don't think you cried right away, but I think I, 
I panicked. How old, how old was I? How old was I? You weren't walking yet, but you walked early. I didn't. I took my time. Oh. Um, and that's how I feel about exercise. But uh, no, I didn't <laughs> walk till well after a year old, but you walked to like nine months. So you were before nine months. Oh. Yeah, you were little. You were little. And I don't even, I was going to try and prop you up and I don't know. <laughs> Just prop me up, pretend <laughs> like I'm all right. He's fine, mom. He's fine. <laughs> okay. It went from the prop to the drop. Yeah. That's good. But do you have... Um, let me pause for a minute. Hang on, let me pause yeah. for a minute. I know you've got a question, but your voice... I don't know how many people know this about you. I mean, many of my friends, I'm not sure if, if they're listening to the podcast, but as far as knowing your voice mm. and the voiceovers that you've done, and, and, but you have this captivating voice. Mm. Um, like even when you, <laughs> your, first, your first podcast, you had this, um, you have this voice. Do you remember Delilah? that was on uh, the radio station back in LA. Yes. Delilah. All right. Yeah. And she just, or Dr. Marsha Fieldstone from Sleepless in Seattle. You have this kind of, um, this voice that's just very soothing. Mm. And um, I just have always been, it's, it's, it's a great voice, don't get me wrong. And you've been successful, obviously, as, a, as an actress over the years and, and your um, voiceover actress. And the reason why I was gonna talk about that, the voiceover is because, I'm sure there's so many people here in the Valley that have heard your voice on the radio, just not realizing that they've heard your voice hmm. because of the, the, you know, I mean, how often you can change it and go from, but as you're sitting there talking to me, I just, I almost kind of got into this. Um, it's very soothing and you kind of get into this little bit of a lull. I can just sit there and listen to you all the time. So Aww. if I'm not, if I'm not talking, it's because I'm sitting there listening to you. So that's um, brother. But, you told yeah. me a cool story about coming home with um, Jackson. Mark, ha Mark, we'll talk about your family in a minute. I don't want to yeah. forget him. But Jackson and you were coming home from something, and a spot of mine came on the radio. Yeah. And yeah. tell me about that. Well, I'm sure I've done it with all the kids. Talk about me some more. Go ahead. Yeah, no, but um, all the kids have been sometime or another in the car, and where, you know, we've. Uh, we've been driving and all of a sudden, you know, radio spots on. And sometimes I don't even recognize it until maybe halfway through. I'm like, Hey, wait, that's, that's Terry. So, but yeah, there's been a couple of times where the kids have like, that's not her. No, there's no way that's her. Yeah. I'm like, listen, let me turn it up. That's her. That's Terry. Or what they call you Bobo. We don't Bobo. Yeah, they My call nickname you Bobo. is Bobo. Yeah. And, uh, uh, very few call me Bobo, but when you start calling me Bobo, you never go back. Bobo is Bobo. No. I mean, I know you're calling me Terry right now, but you usually call me Bobo, don't you? Uh, I, I think once the kids started calling you Bobo, it felt weird for me to call you Bobo. I'm just being honest. So I started calling you Terry. I don't so know. You, you resigned I just, from Bobo? I did resign from Bobo, yeah. It just felt weird. I know Michelle <laughs> had a hard time call, like referring to me as, as Aunt your Auntie aunt Bobo, Bobo. but Auntie I was like, uh, okay, so here's the deal. I just want to be called Bobo. No, I think I think when 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 the kids were younger, I definitely would say, hey, Bobo's coming over. We're gonna go hang out at Bobo's. Yeah, or, like when you refer to oh, me, yeah. you refer to me as Bobo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I still do. I don't think I mean I still do. So there's a 
I mean, I, I refer to you as Terry if, or Tara when we're texting or calling yeah, or whatever. Right, but, right. But I think sister, for... Uh, call me sister. Yeah. Sister and brother. But so let's, while we pause for a minute, let's, or while we got off the topic of me. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, just one time though, okay. Um, can you, let's tell everybody about your family. You have a family. So I do. My, Michelle and I have been married the love of my life. Uh, we've been married for 20, almost 23 years. Holy um, yeah. Almost 23 years. We were just talking about that the other day. December will be 23 years. And so um, such a, uh, you talk about friends and having that, um, the, the blessing of a, of a friend for that long as my best friend she is um she's someone that uh um i don't even know how to describe it just um truly blessed to um have her in my life and um uh and we have four amazing kids yeah you do cameron is almost 21 can you believe that terry she's almost 21 years old that's oh. that's crazy <laughs> It's crazy that I have a I have almost a, a 21 year old, um, and then uh, Jackson, who you just talked about, um, Jackson uh, is going to be 20 in April. What year are we in? Yeah, uh, he's going to be in. Um, he's going to be 20 coming up in half a year or so, and then uh, Juliana is 18. And then the baby of the bunch, I still call her my baby, but Isabel, our Valentine's baby, born on Valentine's, mm -hmm. she is um, 15. So, yeah, almost 21. A 19-year-old is going to be 20. So certain times of the year, um, it's, for instance, this next year, it's going to be uh, 21, 20, and 19 um, oh. for the for the – the first three, yeah. Yeah, because so. the first three are all seven, ex pretty much exactly 17 months apart, right? Yeah, we, we had a system. We, we made sure it was, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> we didn't, it was, it yeah, is, we had a plan. They were all 17 months apart, and then Isabel was a little bit later. And none of them were planned, just FYI. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. That, that just They're all so different, and uh, I love them. I, I mean, you know, most people know I didn't have any children. And I just, your kids are like, uh, well, they, you know, they all resemble you in some fashion. And I know that I see Michelle in them too, but when I look, I can see, you know, I can see dad in them and, mm, yeah. um, you know, it's just an interesting thing yeah. to look at your children. I reached out to Jack the other day. I don't know that he told you, and I want to do a thing with him on the podcast where it's, um, um, I want to call it, a. Uh, a good chew with the nephew and we're going to go some place and get a bite to eat That's and good. Talk, about, talk about what we're eating, but then we're going to chew the cud and talk about just whatever from a 19 year old's perspective. Um, so he agreed to it and I was like super jazzed over that. Well, that dude can eat. So watch out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you are, uh, you are funny and you, you were, um, when you talked about my voice, you have such a good ear at doing voices. So I know I'm going to need to have you come back and like 
<laughs> or something. I don't know, but I know you, you, I know that dad was like that too. And you, I don't know if that's where you got it from or whatever. And, and we lost our father when we were relatively young. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday, Mark, knowing that you were coming today. Um, not, I guess I'm taking a little bit of a left turn, but we, when dad passed away, our dad was young and handsome and vibrant. He was 46 when he got sick, 47 when he died. Hmm. And well, he was, he was sick and we didn't know it. You know, there was mm -hmm. something undiagnosed mm -hmm. for a couple of years, but you were 18, right? I, I hadn't turned 18 yet. So you had not turned 18 yet. No, because he died. Uh... Maybe I had just oh, turned it. Died in February. All before. Yeah, yeah. so I was eighteen. Yeah, I was eighteen. Yeah. And um, and I remember, like, for being as connected as we are, I do remember being aware in my peripheral of you being affected by, like, being in the hospital when people mm. were coming. And I saw that you had your friends, and I think it's something inside went, okay, he has people. But I, I know that I didn't necessarily check in with you back then, like major discussions. I know the night that he passed away, we, we drove home from the hospital and you could hear just like crickets. There was no conversation, but mm. that was a rough time, obviously. But how, if you can or want to share, and if you don't, we'll just move on. How did that uh affect you do you see the marking of that in wow. any way in this in in the place that you're at right now as an Dr. adult and a father and a husband and all that dr marcia fieldstone what are you doing <laughs> you caught me off guard yeah um i wasn't i wasn't expecting the counseling session to be honest um we don't have to go into it no 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 i think no i i just i um yeah, it, it totally affected me, obviously. Uh, death of a parent, death, death of a, um, a close relative. I mean, in, especially for our family, we're so tight-knit. And I think that that's even translated into me as a father and our family. We are very close, right. um, all of us. And Michelle and I have had, obviously, an open line of communication with the kids, and it's just... But I think that in and of itself has... Again, I've only had him around for 17 or 18 years, but what a huge impact um, that uh, he had on my life that then, I mean, it could have gone a number of different ways, but there was such a great foundation um, uh, in, in, in Jesus in growing up uh, with him in just knowing the, the direction that he wanted us to go in. And, and uh, obviously in my in my youth, a uh, young adult life, and I think this goes with, with any, anybody that's trying to find themselves as a young adult, um, you, uh, you can go in, in many different directions, but I think I really hung on to that, that foundation that was instilled. And uh, so that's just kind of translated into me as, as being a man. I grew up a little, probably a lot quicker um, than maybe anticipated and just mm -hmm. kind of had to. Um, I felt a responsibility um, for you and mom in kind of being 
the man, even though that may have been undue, you know, pressure on, on, or weight on my shoulders, but I still felt it. And, and, uh, and again, I just probably, uh, I probably grew up a, a lot quicker than maybe what I anticipated. That's a pivotal time for. Yeah, and- absolutely. hundred percent is, is, is to have, is to have it down. And there were times where I would kind of question, man, why did my dad get taken from me when I was, you know, in a very pivotal young adulthood time and to be able to kind of see, I, I, I saw lots of examples and, and was able to pull those in and, and utilize, um, you know, the experiences and the things that he taught us. But there were times that I, I felt kind of gypped a little bit. You know, I wish he would have been around for this, wish he'd have been around for me getting married, wish he'd have been around for, you know, my, my kids being born. And there's so many things that I could have said, oh, he would have been like this, he would have loved this. But again, uh, you know, you, life is like that and I don't want to go Forrest Gump on you but it is it's like a box of chocolates and you don't know what you're going to get but you can either um, go negative or you can use that to really um, propel you into um, you know what your life um, can be and, um, and and use that as a positive and so um, what do you think dad would think about you now oh I would and and this isn't to pat my own back, but I think he would absolutely hundred percent. I still think it. I, I looking down on us. I just know that that there is a a sense of um, of of pride in knowing how we've turned out, um, how you've turned out, um, and I think that also what you've what you've passed down to the the next generation. And I think that just to see where what my kids. And uh, as they enter into their young adulthood, just knowing who they are, um, knowing who they, um, what, who they feel they are, uh, and the, the, the trust that they have, um, and just seeing just how, how confident they are, um, I think that's, uh, again, just passing that on down to generations. So he would, I think he would uh, be very proud to see what um, uh, the impact that he made in, in our lives. So, and how it's being, how it's being, you know, passed right. down. So, yeah. I, um, I know that he was um, funny and mom is funny. Mom, we're blessed to have mom uh, in our lives and yeah. around and we got to be careful what we say because she's listening and we could have to move out of Arizona. <laughs> but they were both funny and she'll i think you down. she'll track you down she'll track you down yeah. so that's yeah. that in that's that indian in her oh, let's talk about that real quick we'll come back to the humor thing we are native american how and long do we have on this i don't want to bore people we have a while we have a while yeah i'm gonna let this one be a little bit longer oh my um we have um native american we're we're chickasaw mm. Right and some Cherokee. There's some Cherokee. Yeah, there. right, yep, yep. We we aren't. We can't really acknowledge uh, uh, the Cherokee officially because the Cherokee, the tribe that uh, Grandma, my mother's mom, was from, didn't wasn't registered. Now, had she, right. they've come so far with that these days. They've gone back, but uh, the Chickasaws out of Oklahoma. Um, our grandfather um, went to boarding school. He in 
the Chickasaw Nation, I guess. I don't really know how they refer to that. But you got all the color of yeah. the natives, your dark complected, dark eyes and all. And I'm not going to go into the um, <laughs> the angst I have had about being so fair. Uh, but Do you remember those times at the beach? Remember those times at the beach? Oh, yeah. I would burn like a um, onion ring. <laughs> We would, we would go to the beach. So dark, so would, dark in seconds. Yeah, we would go to the beach in Corona Del Mar, Newport, Huntington. Del Mar. We'd go there, what, maybe every week, every other weekend, every yeah, week. I mean, it was just like going to a park. I mean, we just, yeah. we, it was a bit of a, yeah. a bit of a drive, not that far. We grew up in Southern California, but uh, it wasn't that far. But we would go to the beach and, um, that, we, yeah, we lived at the we lived at the at the beach during the weekends. Right, that's so much fun. Anyway, get back. Let's get back to the yeah. situation. Sorry. Humor is such a good thing because it buffers. And I know that even through Waku, we're talking about tough times of of losing dad, and you know we've both been through our own stuff as everybody has their stuff. But humor is quite. Yeah. Something. And we grew up in a home where there was craziness, and I know you are you're crazy. And just mm. some crazy stuff. But do you, um, do you have any memories of how your humor came to create a scenario when we were younger or any time? It doesn't even have to be about us, but anything. I, I think the, 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 what I love to do is laugh, but it's – I love to laugh at other people's expense. And, and that's not to be, that's not being mean. I just love the practical joking side of okay, things. Okay, I'm going to interrupt you. I I'll love to I'll catch people. I'll tell you and then we'll come back. Yeah. To the practical. So one of the most prominent memories I have, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to know where this is going. There's I don't know. Several, okay. But this yeah. one was, uh, it like, it struck fear in me and laughter, but <laughs> I was <laughs> washing my hair in the sink and well, I had a t-shirt on and nothing else and underneath because I, it was early in the morning didn't want to take a shower, needed to wash my hair. I don't remember <laughs> what the circumstances were, but I was bent over in the sink and just, you know, trying to get my hair washed, but I hear wow, like... this is TMI, Terry. Uh, it's, okay. it's, okay. it's my TMI. It's your, it's your podcast, so you do. Yeah, um, but I hear this little subtle snicker <laughs> like that. This wow. little sound, and I'm like, what? And I think I even bumped my head, raising up, trying to see what's going on, and you're behind me probably just getting the very bottom of my butt crack. <laughs> That's the TMI. I know. On, on video. Like on I was video. exposing the moon. I had just bought it. I just bought, I think I had saved up. I was uh, 17 or 18 years old and I just saved up for my first video camera and that was perfect. That's like, that's one of those, um, one of those home, home movies that you need to throw up on. Uh, recording me and I was terrified that, you had, and you, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's out, the footage is out there somewhere. But, oh, yeah. But I Absolutely. do remember that. But then another thing that you do that is hilarious, and then that you like doing practical jokes on, that you're known for. 
you're known for this and you have perfected it. Oh, oh well, there's that too. We'll come back to that. But um, when someone, particularly mom, which it has a, you know, an element of cruelness to it, but, or when you're bending, someone's bending over or getting yeah. in a car, yeah. you can make a sound that sounds like someone's passing gas better than someone that's passing gas. And it tickles us so much because it's so real that there's a, you know, payoff that happens. Payoff is huge. There's the payoff. It's always fair to the person that you're doing it to. And it typically is, it's typically when there's other people around. Oh, for sure. Otherwise. So, so, so for example, I can vividly remember <laughs> mom being in a grocery store and I happened to be there with her several years ago. And as she's coming around the corner, I just give that. And when she's bending down to pick up cans or whatever, and people are coming up the aisle and of course they're looking at her just, or, or so there's, there's that, and not to get crude, but there's that squeak, you know, the little, and then there's also the, and those, you know, it's just, it's perfect. So yeah, I, I, I didn't think you were going that route, but that's, that's mom hates it. Cause I think she's afraid she's going to wet on herself. Right, right, right. Yeah. But uh, all, all the kids have kind of experienced a, a little bit of that torture um, as they've been around friends or whatever. And they're like, dad, that's not me. And I was like, yeah, whatever. So. And you do like to scare people. Mm. That's where I thought you were going with it because that, you know, just that growl. Of, do you remember um, when you scared dad? And So my dad, so let me just kind of throw this out there. Dad, that's where we got it from. His dad used to scare us all the time. I remember being, what, six five, six years old, and my dad put a, um, a stocking over his face, went outside that same window you were talking about earlier of, of right. me looking out the window with the toy box, and I'm sitting on the, my floor playing with my Star Wars figurines, because Star Wars was huge back then, mm -hmm. and here my dad was um, pressed up against the window, <laughs> black outside, and he's got a stocking over his face, and I look up and just scream bloody murder, okay? So <laughs> that just kind of shows you what my dad used to do. As, as a five or six-year-old, that's what he would do. There was, you know... Yeah, he wasn't really thinking about lifelong scars. No, no, no. So, but it, it absolutely kind of uh, was... Uh, a great example to set because I, I took that and there's no, I remember. Um, so the, what you're talking about, my dad, uh, I heard him get up one evening is going in to get a snack, a bowl of cereal in the kitchen. And so I hurried and hid in the living room. And this is where I first, uh, developed the the the, the growl, growl. The, crawl, the crawling on your knees yeah. uh, like a, a a pet or an animal but it's not just crawling on your knees you like you stiffen your arms and you put the pressure on your fists so it's like yeah. a stiff bulldog almost look yeah yeah that's good and so as my dad is going back to his bedroom in the dark house heading towards his bedroom, carrying a bowl of cereal. Here comes Mark on his hands and knees, coming out a creature from the darkness. And he just, milk and cereal everywhere. And he had a few choice words for me and was wanted me to go and clean it up. But mom, he did yeah. almost want to, well, he always kind of, he always reared back like he was going to hit someone right. um, whenever he got scared. 
But I remember him saying, go get a towel, go clean this up. But mom came to my defense and said, oh, no, Doug. Oh, no. Payback. Payback. You clean it up yourself. And that kind of just talked some sense into him. Dory realized, all right, touche, son. You got me. Yeah. So, yeah, that was good. Because he scared a lot of people over a lot of years. Yeah. Uh, teenagers that hung out at my mom and dad's house. We, um, we grew up quite active in church and my folks were, um, our parents uh, were, they were cool. Um, and uh, they had a lot of, of they helped. You hearing, you hearing this mom? You were cool once. Yeah. They were, um, they had a lot of teenagers and youth that they oversaw or did things with. They weren't really in the ministry per se. Um, they were just really cool parents that, well, they weren't even parents of young, of that age kids. They just wanted to work with, um, with teenagers. So we had a lot of teenagers around and dad scared a lot of people. He practiced a lot on them. Yeah. Before he really laid into us on all of that. But there's another thing that you have from dad. I know we're walking down memory lane, but I, I undoubtedly uh, know that this is, has got to be riveting conversation, but he <laughs> all of it is all of it is. to Elvis Presley pretty much every week. Oh, Terry, that had every Saturday for every sure. Every Saturday, every Saturday for sure. That was it was blaring uh, on the on the speakers because he would do yard work. So right. that was that was inevitable. But uh, throughout the week, right? I mean, you would hear you would hear an Elvis record throughout the well, week. We heard Elvis all day long on Saturday. Saturdays was the day to like do chores, and Dad worked in the yard, and you helped. And but he would open up our dining room window. Do you remember this brother and Pink? Oh yeah big speakers up because this was back you know before technology provides us an opportunity to listen listen to music anywhere we go and he would put those big speakers in our dining room window and blare expressly um consequently though my dad when he would sing really sounded like elvis presley and i know the apple uh, apples actually didn't fall far from the tree. You do a mean Elvis Presley. I'm not going to put you on the spot right now. Thank you. Thank you very much. Surprisingly want to treat us, but at some point yeah. you're going to have to. Um, if And I'll just say out there, folks, if y'all want to hire an Elvis Presley. That's funny. But that's funny because you did hire me. I I actually, I passed you along to someone that hired you. So I, so I, I would do the Elvis impersonations or, or a song or whatever for your church. And, and, and that was always fun, but someone from your church or, or they were having a 50th birthday party and they actually hired me to do an Elvis impersonation and sing a couple songs. And, and it really of, wasn't anyone from my church. I don't know how it came about. Someone heard about you doing funny. a thing that when you did the church and asked, who was he? Because you just had him down. And I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish the rest of the interview in, in my Elvis voice. Yeah, but then I have an Elvis impersonation too. What was her? Her. 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 Like. Thank you so much. No, good. I mean I have, a, I have a piece in my comedy act where I sing um, Elvis Presley, but uh, we we so Elvis is really almost like a family member, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah. Yeah. But you know, and that's, and that's even something that's been passed down. Michelle was not a, an Elvis fan. Didn't grow up with, El- with Elvis. She grew up with Beatles and, you know, even some, you know, 70 rock and stuff like that. So, but um, 
that was played within her family. But Elvis, the Elvis station on Sirius, uh, Sirius XM, or that is one of those stations that we'll listen to from time to time still. So, and the kids and the kids have heard it, you know. And so, yeah. I know every lyric to every song. I mean, pr- pretty literally, we just yeah. heard it all the time. I do want to talk about um, uh, what you do for a living a little bit. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but other than my outside job of Elvis impersonation, yeah, outside. Other than the 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 Elvis gigs. Yeah. Um, well, you, for a long time, you were a private investigator. Was that really what, was that an official title? I mean, didn't you have your license? Yeah. But so really a lot of this, um, in looking back, um, when I first moved over, uh, from California and got hooked up with uh, a buddy of yours, um, at, at the time it was Valley National Bank. We can call him out, David Hinfill. I probably will have David on. There you go. But that kind of led me into, there was a loss mitigation department and then led me into um, the the realm of real estate fraud was a a portion of that. Um, And the the VP of this particular department actually knew a private investigator um, that was doing, um, you know, just, again, loss mitigation. And a, a, a portion of that was also real estate fraud. Um, and so that just kind of led me down that path yeah. of being part of, I mean, this was when I was, gosh, 20, 21 years old. So um, that just kind of got my feet wet with loss mitigation, kind of got my feet wet with real estate. Um, and, and I didn't clarify for anyone yeah. You're a realtor. That's what you do now. I am. That's what I do now. So that just kind of started many, many years ago. Um, But yeah, that's, that's kind of how it, it, uh, how, how things just kind of started moving in that direction. And then it led into mortgages for, for many years. Um, And then when everything crashed, Mm -hmm. um, 2008. Yeah. Ironically enough, we kind of even saw it in, in 07 and and whatnot, but when everything just kind of crashed, uh, banks were closing. I had, um, even one of my loan officers, I had a branch. And so one of my loan officers had gone, uh, and worked and, and had connections with people that I knew. So Valley National Bank, was then was at one point was bought out by bank one and then bank one was eventually merged and, and um, taken over by chase. And so he actually went back to work for chase and, uh, and called me one day and said, Hey, they're looking for management um, for short sales. I'm like short sales. Why would anyone do short sales right now? Well, they obviously had the foresight and uh, to, to see what, where this was all going. So I started ground floor, went back to work with Chase. So full circle from where it was at Valley National doing real estate fraud into Chase um, several years later and uh, doing short sales and managing that whole short sale division. And um, that gave me that just, again, a little bit more background into uh, how the whole process worked. Uh, jumped right back into real estate because could not stand corporate America, you know, um, and jumped right back into real estate uh, when I realized um, that I had a, a good grasp of what short sales were doing. And that just was huge for me is coming into the short sell world where everyone was either short selling or foreclosing. And um, 
you know, it was just a very successful time in knowing that not only was I approving short sales for Chase and knowing the system, um, coming back into real estate where there were so many uh, real estate agents that had just, they just didn't have the knowledge, didn't know what to do with, with short sales and, and, and uh, how the process worked. And so that just kind of gave me a little bit of an upper hand in that sense. And I remember teaching some classes on short sales uh, as an agent and just going through that process and, and, and working with some, uh, a really great team and some, some realtors that, uh, that just kind of propelled that, that whole process. And it was a very successful time. So, you know, and watching you and just, I mean, you, you said corporate America, you really essentially with very little uh, exception have been self-employed your whole adult. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 and a go-getter and a self-starter. I know you might not say that about yourself because I think you have a little bit of that same thing that hiccups me that like made me hesitate so much even about starting a podcast. I think we're really thorough thinkers. We grew up in an environment where you gave your best and did your best. And I think some of that had great payoff. Some of it might also chain us up sometimes. Mm. But that being said, you've always been this you just jumped in. Like when I watched you make those transitions, um, first of all, when you had your, uh, your investigating business that I think if I recall you telling me it kind of wore on you after a while. I mean, you did so well at it. It's not like you, it fell off, but it was a, it wasn't it a bit of a tough business because you were always trying to find someone and always, I know you used your voices and disguises and all of that that made you probably second to none in the business, but there was just some negativity around that. Is that sort of what transitioned you into real estate mostly? Well, no, I mean, obviously when you're dealing with fraud and when you're dealing with, um, you know, the, uh, the aspects of, of the, the negative side of, of what people are doing, um, that's always just kind of wears on you. And it, yeah. it, it, and to the point where, I mean, it gave me a, a good foundation as a, as a young man to, to know, um, again, I think the ins and outs of, um, uh, the fraudulent activity, um, and, and how people and, and criminals work especially within the real estate industry, give you a great foundation of what, what, you know, uh, you as a, as a real estate professional uh, kind of knows the, the, the back door and, uh, and then the same with short sales, um, knowing that that's something, I mean, who would have thought, you know, that that short sales would have been so prevalent at, at, at that time. Um, and so for the last 25 years or so, I've been in some form of, you know, real estate, whether it be the, the fraudulent activity that, that started with loss mitigation to, um, you know, to the, the short sales of, of having people, you know, the, the financial, you know, burdens that people went through and just understanding, you know, and, and, and having uh, just a, an, an, an attitude of understanding, hey, this crisis is, is something that you could not avoid. And so it just, uh, I think the compassion obviously came um, through that process as well. And so it's just, it, again, it's, it's, uh, it's made for a really good, wonderful career for you, brother. You know, yeah. you're, um, you have achieved, uh, 
a decent amount of success. And I know you're not going to say things about yourself. So I'm going to take a moment just to say this, that um, this isn't an ad for you, but I, I would, of course, you're my brother, but here are things that stand out about you to me as a real estate agent. I haven't had to be in the market, but I have previously experienced real estate agents. But there is, first of all, your integrity is off the charts. There's not any question, not any question that you are looking out and that you would even sacrifice your pocketbook uh, for the sake of, of making sure every move preserved integrity. So you're going to get that with you, but there's an ease about you. And I know as the listeners are listening, they're, they're going to get that. There's an ease and a warmth. And one thing that makes me claustrophobic about real estate agents, if you're listening out there, real estate agent, I'm not one to educate you, but I'm going to say this is that a, that trying too hard little, you know, and I'm not knocking anybody down, but I understand sales is a pressure thing, but there's just a trust and an ease about you, a trust that you know what you're doing. And then just this conversational ease, you're really good reading people. So you would, you assess, I know what they need and how to talk to them and the way to talk to them. Plus you have this lovely sense of humor and you're just well put together and organized. I know that Michelle's part of your team too. I, I just think that if you're, you've got to be one of the best of the best of the best. Mm. And in the Valley, how does it work? Do you, are you focused more on an area, one in particular, or could anybody use you? Or I'm not sure. I'm I'm a little ignorant on that. Yeah. So I mean, we're I'm obviously licensed here um, in Arizona, and and uh, we have we're part of a board, and that allows me to sell, um, you know, uh, throughout uh, Phoenix Metro, and and especially back in the day when, when short sales were so prevalent, we went where the work was and I still do. There's not, I don't, I don't turn anything down. Uh, if there's someone that I can help, um, I, I absolutely do that. But I just know, uh, you know, you will have some agents that will be a specialist in a certain community and that's always wise. Uh, I, I find myself West Valley and in, in some areas that I know very well, but um, I definitely head East and, and I have clients, in fact, just moved a client from, from Buckeye all the way out to Gilbert. So um, it's covers, yeah. covers the span of covers the span, right? So, yeah. Well, I thank you, Terry. I mean, that's yeah. those are, those and are how could things. people reach you? I will put it in uh, the ending conversation. But if someone wanted to reach out to you, how would they best do that? So I have a website. Mm -hmm. uh, that's probably one of the easiest because all of my information is on the website, marksummersrealestate.com. Um, that's S-U-M-M-E-R-S R-M-A-R-K <laughs> there are some artsy fartsies out there that use the C yeah. but um, M-A-R-K S-U-M-M-E-R-S yeah. realestate.com right and so my phone numbers my phone numbers there my email is there you can you can just you can even reach out to me on my website I've got social media through there so um, Ooh, yeah, you have some fun social media. You're really good at. You do give me anxiety a little bit when you uh, <laughs> coach me on social media because I it overwhelms me. I'm not as attuned to it um, as you are. But you've got something down. You have Mark's shoe view, right? Is that what it's called? 
Yeah, that's one of the hashtags. I, I'll be honest. I, I, I cringe a little bit at social media just because it's, um, well, we all know. We all, we all know the negatives of social media. But then there's, there's the positives. Luke, Luke is, I live up in a, um, Estrella, so Luke is uh, flying some of their jets over if you can. No worries. Right. I don't think it's But, um, yeah, so I have to be part of social media. It's, it's, it's a great advertising button for me to be able to communicate and, and to show my work. I just cringe a little bit. Like you said, I don't like to necessarily talk about myself in that way, so I'm a little bit more of an introvert. Um, but with that said, it's, it's a must. And um, to be able to utilize those platforms um, to showcase what we do, it's, it's something that I, I've, I've developed, a, just kind of, I guess, a love-hate relationship with yeah. it. So, but there is a hashtag that I use, um, that I use frequently, and it's, it's hashtag Mark's Shoe Review. No, Shoe View. Mark shoe view. And it's because I think one day I was, I was standing at, at a client's, um, standing at a client's, on a, in the client's house and I just loved their flooring and I had some shoes, some decent shoes on. I'm like, Hey, this is a cool picture from this view. So it just kind of progressed from there. So I just kind of over time have used, um, a few shots depending on where I'm at, depending on what shoes I'm wearing. I'll just take a a Mark shoe view and throw it out there. So it's just, I it's, love it. It's I love on, it a lot. It's catchy. So that's on my, that's on my Instagram. Okay. Yeah. So real Mark Summers. We follow you in all those places. Yeah. Yeah. That we know that people follow. If for some yeah. reason, um, someone is unable to use you either for, or, or prefer someone in their area more, whatever, any number of things, what, or there's people not in Arizona that are listening. Yeah. I do think I have some listeners that are in Arizona. What kinds of things, knowing the inside scoop like you do, um, in, and in some facets that maybe like you mentioned, not the typical realtor might have that in their background. What are some, let's just say, your top handful of things, three mm. or so, that you would say you would encourage them to look for in a realtor? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think you touched on it here uh, just a, a few seconds ago in regards to, I think sales turns people off. Not I think, I know. Um, it, it tends to turn people off, and I've never considered myself a salesperson. And so when you're looking for an agent, I think that's probably first and foremost is to look for an agent that isn't a salesperson. And that sounds so contradictory and an oxymoron. They're in sales. I get it. But to find someone that's knowledgeable, that has experience, find someone that's a people person. Um, I mentioned that I've, uh, that I'm an introvert, but there's a, there's a form of, I think you mentioned the other day, an ambivert that, that allows you to, you know, uh, you, you need someone that's going to go that extra mile for you. So, you know, being an extrovert is, is, uh, and having that ability is, um, is, is something that is required, so to speak, but the ability to negotiate, um, that, you know, again, that goes hand in hand with your people skills, uh, in this day and age, you need to be tech savvy, obviously. Um, and so, uh, that's, that's something that's important. Uh, honesty and integrity is huge. I think that's probably the most important 
aspect. Um, again, and that's stuff that you might only know from referrals, right? Or someone referring. I don't know how mm. someone would understand that necessarily. No, you're you're exactly right. No, I, I agree with that. And so, I mean, to to, to find someone that you've you know uh, reach out for those referrals, find someone that 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 have, that's worked with a great agent before, um, and that goes with networking and and you know find someone that that understands that you know organizational and attention to detail and um, that's that's going to follow up, but someone that's going to problem solve all of those things. But ultimately, I think, Carrie, um, it's someone that's going to be a great listener, mm. wanting, wanting to, um, to help you is you. Bottom, bottom line. I mean, and, and that, that I, you mentioned it, but that, that may even translate into not getting a sale. The most important thing um, is, it, for me anyways, is to make sure that I set someone up for success. If that means and equates to in, into uh, my client purchasing their next new house, then great. But more importantly, um, it's how does this advice, how's the advice that I've given them or, or my lenders that I've set them up with, how is the, the direction that we've been discussing set them up for the future? Um, again, if, if that means them not buying or selling right now, then that's the advice that needs to be given. And so that's where the honest and integrity plays a huge role in that. So, um, and again, yeah, that salesperson, if you, have, it, yeah, I was going to say salesperson is not part of that description to me. Um, yeah. Well, uh, the listening part would be an easy one to detect right away. If they're listening to you and mm. they're not pushing, then that's going to say a lot. Don't you think that there's some things tethered to a listener that are what you're talking about that might not be part of someone who's pushing the conversation and the sale? 100%. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Just, I mean, in, in, in the sense, if, if you don't understand what your client is wanting and a lot of times there's, there's you as a home buyer, even I'll, I'll talk about like my, my first time home buyers. There's so many questions they have. They don't know what those, what those questions are. There's so much information. It seems like just like this, this ominous task to, to purchase a home. So in that aspect, I want them to be assured, don't worry about it. It's, it, I'm not saying it's easy, but because of the experience and the, and the things that we've gone through and the problem solving and all the different aspects, we'll take care of that. I want them to rest easy. But as I start to ask them questions and pull things out of them, I need to be listening to see exactly what they need. So, um, yeah. And you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to, we can come to a close here soon, but just listening period in life, not to make an awkward transition, but listening is a gift to those that we're listening to. And I, you know, I think that I'm a good listener, but I also like to talk and I can catch myself, you know, jumping in. But I think that particularly now, even in our world, listening, Mm. listening may be more than, you know, putting in our two cents, but in, 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 relationship to real estate i think that that that's like a walk away thing i'm so glad you said that because that's something people can detect immediately and they can use that for their journey Mm. is covid i don't want to talk about that much i know you and i touched on that covid has changed our world but so obviously it's changed real estate sure are the changes that COVID has made to real estate, are any of them like reversible or are, 
have they, have we not, have, are we not going to go back in ways that COVID has changed real estate? And you can highlight if you want to, how it's changed real estate, or we can just move on from there. No, I, 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 in many states, it's changed it drastically. I mean, I've have, I have friends who are agents in California and they can't show houses. That's just, and that's, it's, um, yeah. they may have opened it up here recently to be able to show and, and but I know in the beginning, they, it was all virtual. Okay. And so virtual is great. That's a great option. And we even kind of implemented, I, there are times where uh, I've even gone into homes early on where I FaceTimed my client and went through just to make sure that the floor plan was great. But really, COVID, you mean? No, during COVID, you oh, know, okay. in the sense where you have uh, sellers that are, that are occupants and they don't want people through, they don't want to hold, you know, load right. of, Right. Family through, and so it's it's you, you want to go through, and we've again for, with gloves and masks and taking the precautions and all of that is was was part of the process. Um, it's eased up a little bit in this sense, but there were times that you would walk through and and give kind of that virtual tour to your client that's on the other end. But it's it's hard to purchase a home, uh, something so tangible, until you actually get into it. And so those were some of the hurdles. But here in, gosh, here in Phoenix Metro, we've actually been a lot, I mean, busier than, than what we anticipated. We, we felt, we thought that it was going to come kind of to a, a screeching halt just with the, the, the different hurdles and the problems that presented itself and didn't know what banks were going to do. But it really has been um, very active. There's right now, currently, there's not a lot of inventory on the market for a couple of reasons. For one, there's a, there's so many buyers that are wanting to swoop in. So there's a lot of competition. So seller, it's a seller's market in that sense. But then there's also sellers that are still a little leery of wanting to open up their homes to people right. and having, so you have to kind of uh, work around those aspects. But yeah, I mean, uh, COVID in general has probably changed us, um, you know, our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. uh, some good aspects and some bad, but um, it's definitely going to, um, you know, we, we adapt right. uh, as, as, as people, we adapt and you need, right. to, you need to go through the changes and, and, and do all of that. Uh, and that translates off also into real estate as well. So if someone was wanting to sell a home and or buy a home now, you wouldn't discourage them in Arizona? Mm, not at all. I mean, uh, there's, especially because of rates rates are crazy low right now as we speak so um again that could change next week you never know but as of right now people are taking advantages of of, of great rates now on the flip side uh you're also as a as a buyer you're probably going to be paying top dollar mm -hmm. just because it's a seller's market and there's going to be multiple offers i've put up a, a number of listings here recently where uh, it, we're not just getting one offer in a, a matter of a couple of days. We're getting multiple in a matter of a couple of days. So, um, so that's great for my sellers. Um, and, and if my buyers find a, a great home that they, you know, that they love and they're able to, you know, get benefit from uh, having an, ex, an offer accepted, they're, they're working with a, a great interest rate as well right now. So it, it, it's working out on both sides. Absolutely.
Well, good. I mean, I'm glad for you too, because there's so many people that are struggling. Absolutely. Work. Yeah. So it's a yeah. blessing. I'm glad to hear it. And absolutely. You know, I think we all kind of held our breath on what would go. Uh, you know, my work did go. Mm. Um, hopefully, we'll see that return possibilities return in the fall for some of it um, production wise and also the stuff I do in schools. But you know, we've been provided for, and that's where I just have to say, I know, and you, know, you and I both have a faith base that God is is faithful, and he's been faithful here with us, too. I, um, I know I've had you for a good while. I know you are a busy person. I hope you come back. You've I would been love to. Great. This has been so fun. We need to get our cousin Hugh. Our cousin Hugh in here and <laughs> a little bit because there's stories to tell. But I think I want you to be like a regular guest and we'll just have like a um, reminiscing time. And, you know, it's great to reminisce with people that are listening that don't know you. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. uh, they have no idea what we're talking about, but hopefully they enjoy it. Captivated stories. It, we have stories. We have lots and lots and lots of actually funny stories between you and Hugh alone. So Hugh, if you're listening, you're coming Come on, on. Huey. You're coming on, cousin. Come on, Hugh. Well, brother Mark, what a mock, what a mock. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to. What's that? We didn't even go into our voices. No, no, and what I didn't. I, didn't I, I I thank you for inviting me. This was such a fun time. I didn't really want to do it. I'm, you know me. Um, I'm kind of the the undercover kid in this in that sense. But. I, thought, I thought you were gonna bail on me. I sat here in front of the Zoom screen. <laughs> Come on, and I and I started doing the thing where I would push my skin up to see how I would look with a facelift. Yeah. So I was making good use of the time, but then I thought, where did he go? Yeah. And I know you were a little bit nervous about coming on. Um, it's interesting. We both are very introverted, and I never owned that part of me. Um, uh, but we have this part of us that can, you know, get bigger and stand out front. And you have that about you. But I know that it, that you are not big on talking about yourself. And I thank you so much for coming because it's been a lot of fun. It's been and I fun. Hope you have a lot of fun listening because you'll be back. Cool. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you so much. All righty. I love the invite, Terry. I love you. Um, I I'm going to stop recording, for, but don't leave yet. I right. say this to everyone, and Brian Cole said, well, maybe you should edit that part out. I said, no, I kind of like it. I like people to know that I'm going to continue talking. <laughs> so hold on for a second. I'm going to stop the recording. I love you, Mark. I love you too, Tara. It's fun. Thank you. Great. Hang on. I'll, say, I'll give you a goodbye. A good goodbye. Okay, hold goodbye. on. Yeah, that was fun. I am honored to get to support my brother in any way I can and not just because he is my brother because I'm going to tell you folks he is solid through and through so if you do need a realtor in the state of Arizona you need to check him out I would not say that just because he's my brother but let me give you some ways that you can go ahead and find him his uh, website is mark summersrealestate.com m-a-r-k-s-u-m-m-e-r-s realestate.com you can also find him on instagram in the social media world at real mark summers or his facebook page professional one is mark summers real estate 
And his personal page is Mark Summers. So I hope that you do go check him out um, for your sake, as well as my brother's. I'm proud of him. He's such a hard worker and he is just a good guy, full of integrity and smart and just knows the business and is great with people. I think he gets that from uh, my folks. My dad was great. My dad was uh, just a natural born salesperson um, and handled people so well and so respectfully. So I want you to be treated well if you do need a realtor because there's, I'm sure there's wonderful ones out there, Um, but I know this one and I know he's the best of the best. And I don't want you to forget to hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss out on a single episode of the Terry Summers podcast. It would be a delight for you to share this with your friends and leave me some five-star reviews if you are so moved to do that. It will help me stand out from the pack. And then I also mentioned and will continue to that I would love to even dedicate an episode to answering your questions and hear what you have to say and let some of that stir conversation. So if you go to my website, which is terrysummers.com forward slash podcast and leave those questions and thoughts with me, I will try to answer them in an upcoming episode. Again, that's terrysummers.com, T-E-R-E-Y-S-U-M-M-E-R-S.com forward slash podcast. It has just been a delight to be with you again today. And I, I love that I got to share a part of my life that goes back to the very beginning. I look forward to joining you next week. And thank you for adding a little Terry to your Tuesdays and any day of the week that it fits. Bye. (laughs) 